back to another episode, week nine, episode nine. It's our last episode of the season. Uh, like we promised you last week, we got a special guest here, Akil Thomas of the AHL's Ontario Reign. He's drafted by the LA Kings, property at LA Kings. Akil, thank you for joining us so much, dude. Glad to have you. Say what up to the guys, the fans. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me today. Yeah, so uh, just to get things started off here, um, we know you were born in Florida, and then you moved to Toronto when you were when you were younger. So take us through that a bit. What was it like living in Florida? How much do you remember? How old were you? And what were some of the reasons or the main reason you guys moved to Canada? Yeah, so I kind of grew up all over the place in the States. Um, my dad played professional hockey, um, kind of in the minors everywhere. So I kind of lived in Memphis, um, Oklahoma, Flint, Michigan, Orlando, uh, Florida, and Jacksonville, Florida. So bounced around quite a bit, ended up spending the majority of like my younger childhood in, in Florida. So kind of started my hockey career out there and you know, it, it was unreal. Um, I loved living there, um, loved playing hockey out there, just a really good lifestyle, but um, kind of reached the age of around like 10 and 11. And that's where I was kind of um, playing hockey tournaments and um, that's where I, I was able to see that, like I was kind of one of the better players in the whole country at such a young age. And so, um, my dad retired when I was eight. And, uh, so when I was 11, my hockey was starting to get a little bit more serious and, um, definitely wasn't, you know, playing the best competition in Florida. So, uh, we decided to kind of move when I was 11 and, uh, never really looked back. And, um, that's just kind of where my hockey career kind of took a step and it became serious. What, uh, what team were you playing for down in Florida? Um, so it's kind of weird how hockey works down there. Like, um, it's, there's not really a triple-A league. There is mostly double-A leagues. So if there is triple-A teams, um, it's just like, it's just tournament teams who are combinations of like the best double-A players and they go to tournaments up north in Michigan and Toronto. And um, so it's kind of like a side team right um okay. you usually play with like your your double a teams in the leagues and um then like on on uh weekends you're playing with your triple a team it's like you're randomly kind of playing with, with those guys so um it's kind of interesting how hockey works down there i know it's getting getting better but uh played on like the tampa junior lightning the miami toros um the jacksonville junior barracudas and uh, my dad actually started a hockey organization called the florida storm so a uh, lot of lot of jerseys at home, but uh, it was definitely really fun. Sick man! It sounds like uh, you got to play with a bunch of different guys and play all over the place. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it was it was unbelievable to kind of just experience like going on a road trip every weekend, right? Because in Florida, uh, the next team isn't an hour away; it's a couple hours away, and uh, we were always kind of in hotels playing mini sticks and just having really good times. Cool. That's awesome. So you're saying that you uh, you started playing roughly around uh, eight, between eight and ten. Uh, so who were some of your role models uh, growing up uh, that you liked to watch? And what were some of the reasons that you liked started playing hockey? Yeah, um, well, I actually like I technically kind of skated my first time when I was like three. Like I was really, really young. So I kind of started playing hockey when I was like three. I guess I only started playing like on a team when I was like six or seven. Um, but my role model was definitely my dad. Like I, I would watch him play, you know, at like three times a week. So he was definitely my idol growing up and I wanted to be, you know, exactly like him. Um, for me, when I was that young, um, 
like, yeah, I watched hockey on TV, but like not how I watch it now. Like I was kind of too busy going to my dad's games and watching his games and stuff. So um, I guess when Sidney Crosby and Ovechkin kind of became a thing, I gravitated towards them and I wanted to be just like them. But um, before that, it was just kind of like my dad and um, I just wanted to be my dad. Nice, nice. Um, interesting. So did you have like a favorite team then? Like growing up with moving around and stuff, was there? Yeah, I mean, like NHL wise, it was weird. Uh, it's always kind of been Toronto, like low key, just because for Christmas, my grandma would, you know, buy me a Toronto blanket or, you know, she'd buy me Toronto okay. stuff because that's like, you go to Tim Hortons, you're getting Toronto donut, right? Um, uh, or Maple Leaf donuts. But like when I moved uh, to Florida, I play in the Tampa Junior Lightning and we used to like practice and play games at the actual arena. So it's hard for me not to become a fan of the Lightning there. They did kind of suck when I was there, but I like them. Um, but I mean, like definitely like low key, like Toronto's definitely like my home team and I'll, I'll always kind of root for them, even though they'll, they'll never win. But um, t- yeah, Tampa and Toronto are definitely my favorite team. We got a shot this year. They got a shot, I should say. Yeah, we got a shot. Yeah, but then they'll lose fourth straight first round. You guys can't say we, okay? You guys are not the team. You guys can't say we. Fair, fair, fair. But as fans, as fans, as the fan team, we have a good team this year. (laughs) Yeah. But the first round blues are a very real thing. We all know this. Oh, man. that's, That's really cool, actually. That's So you guys got to play at Tampa's Arena? Yeah, uh, we'd have tournaments there and stuff. It was it was awesome. Like that's crazy. Us playing in their in their like away team locker room like for games. It was like the coolest thing ever. Like it was almost as just cool as playing in their or getting dressed in their actual room. So a lot of good memories about that. It was a lot of fun. Just kind of you know playing in an NHL rink and it would almost kind of motivate me a little bit more. Um, so it was, it was really cool. So you said you came to Canada around eleven, right? So was there like a transition? Was it kind of hard, like shifting over from the hockey, or did you like come up to the level, or? What was yeah, that like? it was. It was like I mean, it wasn't it was hard like on a social level. Like when I got there, I was like, like one of the best players right away. So um, it was on like more of a social level. Like in Toronto, like yeah, it's very big, but the hockey world is very small in Toronto. So there was word that you know a black kid from Florida was coming, and he's really good. So like everywhere I went around the rinks, like everyone's looking at me, like who's this black kid from Florida? Who's actually good. Like he's black and he's from Florida. Like do people even play hockey in Florida? So it was kind of, it was kind of cool at first. Like people were like, just kind of confused on how, like I just randomly came to, to the best hockey place in the world and was like the best player. So um, it was fun. Like I had a, it was weird kind of coming from Florida where like, it, it was awesome if like my classmates even knew what hockey was to be, like going to Toronto where like the kids who like said said they don't play hockey played like select or something like they still played they just like didn't play triple a or double a so they didn't play right so it was a crazy transition and um you know in in, in Canada if you're really good at hockey you're popular at school so it was kind of weird getting a, a lot of attention at school all of a sudden um and, and all that so uh, I ended up actually going to Upper Canada College UCC in in Toronto and that was uh definitely in transition because 
I don't really come from that much money. And um, like, obviously going to a school like that, every kid, you know, is rich and they live in the area, area and forest still there. And so it was difficult for me to kind of, um, I mean, just kind of not, not get along. Like I, I got along with them fine, but to kind of like relate to them and just kind of feel like I was one of them because I clearly wasn't. And um, so that was interesting, but it was definitely fun. That's funny that you mentioned you went to UCC because my brother actually went to UCC. He's a 99. His name is Kamathi. Maybe you would know him. He played on the rugby I team. I do know Kamathi, yeah. Um, um, what's your last name again? yeah okay yeah so like i i do remember him and um like i'm pretty sure we were like boys i mean that was a long time ago but yeah it's like five years ago now eh? yeah like it's crazy like i i do remember him though uh curious like i'm sure he kind of remembers me too but he um, does he does he does okay yeah so yeah i remember him where's he where's he at now He's actually at uh, University of North Carolina. He's studying law there, and uh, he was playing on their rugby team, but they didn't have a season this year due to COVID and everything, so oh, that was unfortunate. But he's good, so. Yeah, I, actually, um, I ended up switching and going to St. Mike's, so um, kind of okay. switched sides on him there, but. Um, how, I come you, how come he did that? Um, honestly, it was just like, you know, like how UCC is. It, it's really tough. Like, yeah. you have to be up till till 12 doing homework in grade seven like I, oh, he, he was up he, till like two three in the morning yeah like honestly for me i was just like you know like obviously taking school um seriously is uh, important but you know if my dream is to be an nhl player i can't be going to bed at like 1 a.m in grade seven right like i, I kind of need to switch things up and if i was gonna transfer from ucc and go to st mike's like that's a really good school to transfer to and yeah uh, the amount of time I kind of, um, you know, cut from homework there was un- unbelievable and kind of accomplished the same thing because St. Mike's is a very prestigious school as well. So um, the teachers are a little bit more um, understanding when maybe I couldn't hand in assignments and stuff because I had games and stuff. So More cool. sports oriented, right? Yeah, for sure. Did you happen to um, win an offset championship where, when you were there and play against St. Mary in the final? Were you on that uh, team that year? For hockey? Yeah. Because I went to St. Oh, Mary and Pickering, and uh, we yeah, made it to no, the finals. No, like, I never played an offside, I don't think, because I think you would – I would have had to been on, like, the the senior team. Like, that's, like, a full-year commitment type of thing, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, those were, those were the guys they played against. I wasn't on it, but a bunch of my buddies were – like, a bunch oh, of them okay. were – yeah, no. So I was just on like the the school team that was just like if you had time to play, like play. But that senior team, like that's your team all year round. You can't play anywhere else. Okay, I didn't know that's how it worked. That's good, interesting. But I know a bunch of St. Mary's guys too, like way younger than you, because my little cousin he's three years younger than me. All his buddies go there, and I kind of lived with him in the summer a few times. So and I know some some St. Mary's people too. Nice, nice. Yeah. You know, you're, you're talking about Cato? Yeah, I know. So. Are you talking about Cato? Yeah, I know Landon. Uh, I know, like, Isaiah Paris. I don't know if you know him. Yeah, I do. I do. Like, do you know, like, Brianna Payne? And... Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Like, I know all those girls and stuff. Yeah. Very, very small world, like Corey said. Okay. Hmm. 
I feel like this just uh, became the just, Mandela and the Kill show. Yeah. This is just them too. Honestly, right? Yeah. <laughs> Where me and Corey are just here watching and learning. Uh, just just wanted to touch up on what you said about going to St. Mike. So I think I think maybe you were there around your minor midget year. So tell us what it was like playing for St. Mike's. And I think you probably would have went into the OHL draft and kind of the draft experience. So if you wanted to kind of just explain what that whole process was like, just kind of being in that position. Yeah, it was unbelievable. Like, St. Mike's was the best time of my life. UCC was unbelievable, but, um, like, St. Mike's was unbelievable, too. Um, like, when it was game day at St. Mike's, like, the whole school knew. The whole school was getting um, let out for your game, so you are getting fired up. And, um, like, it was literally a packed bar in every school hockey game. And school hockey's good and stuff, but, you know, I was going end-to-end every shift. I was making the crowd, like you know fired up every shift so for me it was really fun and like just the the little things about St. Mike's like you know the guys would um like search up the other players Instagrams and like see if they had girlfriends and like chant like their girlfriend's names and stuff like it was just like the little stuff that just made like you know the high school high school experience funny like if, if you got a penalty um and you went in the penalty box all the students would get around the penalty box and just shake it and stuff like it was literally it was a dog pound there so it was really fun um and just kind of having the whole school kind of behind us like we were um we were basically like the football team of you know any american university um so if anything happened like i remember we had um a brawl um one game where like everyone was fighting someone and it was just like the the only thing people talked about all month basically was this against uh St. Andrews College like our our rivals so okay. yeah um just a little stuff like that and then obviously being drafted to the OHL was you know, a dream come true it was um something I worked kind of you know so much for so um just that whole those whole couple of years were just one of the best years of my life honestly so playing in the OHL adapting from you know going from I guess it would be prep school hockey and just that triple a kind of uh sense and then going to the ohl field what was it like transitioning your game and how did you have to kind of adapt uh your play style yeah it was actually really really hard i mean um i couldn't dominate you know physically like i was used to like in my own age i can kind of just fly by people and forecheck kind of be like not the tough guy but like no one really messed with me at all where like my first couple games in the OHL guys are coming up to me with full beards and asking me to fight. I'm just like, hell no. Like I mean, never fought before. Like so like for me it was kinda it was tough. Like I wasn't um, you know, the strongest out there anymore. I definitely wasn't the biggest and I wasn't the best. So um it was it was good for me to experience. So it was like a really hard mentally, um just because of you know you're uncomfortable literally every single shift and and all that but uh, i had a really good first year so it was good to see you know myself kind of um i guess live up to the challenge yeah no, just to sure. just to chime in on that sorry matt no um, no go on what were some of the off ice things that you had that you had to deal with during that transition because i know sometimes for young athletes the off ice part can be harder than the on ice part yeah especially like, if you moved away from home yeah, this is kind of funny. Um, so obviously had to, um, like it was my first experience living with white people, right? So that was 
like it, it's funny but like it's it's actually <laughs> different um you know my family definitely um like my mom's bar uh like she's from barbados so there's the stereotype she has there our house is always hot like in my house in niagara was freezing all like all day um i didn't understand it um my like my mom she had five kids so it was a very busy house like it was impossible for it to be spotless like my bill of house was spotless like if my bill of dad was pissed he would just clean up like a whole house like and it was spotless before so i just be like what the hell um so it was it was different it was weird for it like to be quiet all the time with no kids running around and stuff like that um some stuff ended up happening with my bill of dad and him getting drunk and kind of saying some stupid stuff um he told me he was racist to my face so um wow. as a 16 year old wow that was kind of um you know it, it was kind of funny to hear just because i've been living with this guy for like months and um and all that and then he ended up kind of trying to sabotage my hockey career um so that was crazy uh crazy i would come home late for curfew by like five minutes or something and i would text him saying like i'm just getting gas and he uh like called my head coach and um said i was like late for curfew and like when you're calling a head coach you're trying to get a kid scratch right so yeah um, he was kind of doing anything in his power to try to get me basically scratch and I had no idea the whole time my coach kind of told me after the season and that's obviously when I moved out so so even with knowing all that they let you stay in that situation they didn't try and find you other accommodations um I guess they were just like this was at the end of the season so I like it was kind of not too late but like I was like they didn't know about the the situation of him telling me he was racist I I just kept my mouth shut just because, uh, like, I was a rookie, I didn't want to, you know, get any attention towards me, and like, it was yeah. at the year, so understandable, out and and just move the year after. So they kind of found out. It all kind of came together at the end of the year when, like, I already moved out and stuff. So it was kind of just like, wow, like that was that was crazy. Wow, yeah. that's a that's a crazy experience for a sixteen-year-old. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, glad it worked out for you though, and because like you know we hear so many stories of. And not working out for the athlete and going the other way. They believe the other narrative, right? Yeah. Mm. And like, like I, I was always really good with dealing with racism and like dealing with you know, adversity and stuff. But like some kids who maybe have never like lived away from home or anything like that and aren't used to that stuff, like that could literally like ruin their career. Right. So um, it, was, it was pretty funny. And I kind of look back on it now. It was definitely um what yeah, it, no, that's uh, like just, that's crazy. Sorry, I'm just thinking about that. Like, like what, like, like what, what is this guy thinking? He's just gonna go up to somebody and be like, "I'm racist." So what? Well, he was drunk. He was. Drunk. Uh, he doesn't know what's going on. Yeah, he's drunk. He's out of his mind. Now I get it. Now I yeah. Get so it. he yeah. was drunk, and uh, we were like, we we're at like his family friend's house, and we were driving back. Um, like home from the family friend's house and mm-hmm. his daughter was driving and a Drake song came on and he was singing the song and he would pronounce like the N-word like louder oh, wow. than the actual song. With so it, was getting, it was getting a little awkward in the car and then he was like, Aye. why do uh, why do black people like say the N-word in songs if they don't like being called? He it? started that conversation. That's oh, the one, right, Manny? Goodness. Right, like, Manny? That's the one he brought up. 
I'm 16, so I don't really even know how I would like answer that question. Like now I can answer the question and actually be like educated on like why that is a thing. But like at 16, I'm just like kind of that's actually a good kind of question. But uh, like you probably shouldn't ask that to, um, you know, a 16 year old kid who lives with you, right? Kind of made me yeah. uncomfortable. But um, and then he kind of just said, like, I'm the most racist guy you'll ever meet. And I was like, wow. okay, that's, that's good. Yeah. What a great thing to hear on the way home. Like, thanks for that. <laughs> that that has me bamboozled though. Like, yeah. Cause it's not even your fault. Like you would think that an organization, like an OHL organization would, I mean, it's not really one of those things that's easy to tell and people are like outright and, you know, come out and say it, but. That's the thing. He, he, hit it. he must've hit it better. well. And then the alcohol, yeah. just that truth serum get some talking and that's mm-hmm. what ends up coming out well it was just like first time billeting too so oh, okay. um, i was like their um what's it called their their bunny i guess i was mm-hmm. the, the yeah. first guy the to test the water the guinea pig, guinea pig. Sense, yeah, yeah. The guinea pig sorry yeah i can only imagine what what it's like for some other like you know players who are in the same predicament that might not have the the opportunity to speak out on it like if that situation's happening other places that you know we might not know, but yeah, no, that's, that's definitely crazy. Um, but I, I just want to touch up on what you were talking about before about you weren't being able to settle in necessarily each shift uh, was kind of like a, a worried shift and trying to settle into your first season going, looking through your stats. I noticed that you had a great third season in the OHL. You had 102 points, 38 goals, 64 assists. So what was, what were some of your, uh, what were some of your thoughts going through your head and playing against some of the top lines out there and, what were some of your things you could do to avoid, uh, I guess, being the target on the ice? Honestly, I was on such a good team that I was one of the, like, eight targets on the team. My third year. <laughs> so um, I wasn't too worried about that. Um, our team was, like, nasty. So it was fun every night. I think after, like, your second year in the OHL, if you're a top player, like, it's kind of like you're going into an arena and you're like should be getting a couple points it should be an easy night like that's just how the league is um like it's such a, a gap in age right like yeah. a guy could literally be yeah four years older than you so like when i'm in my third fourth year and i'm playing against well the top players who are like four and three years older than me are in the nhl or in the ahl already and i'm playing against some mediocre guys that are older than me and then the decent guys who are younger than me it's just like like it should it should be easy right if i'm a top you know player yeah. who has potential to play in the nhl so um it was fun like every night was was really fun and i miss playing the ohl um <laughs> with uh, the start my team's had this year so i was gonna say so what 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 are some so i guess uh kind of just feels like you're playing house league select back in the day just whipping and flying through the zone getting around them scoring goals yeah uh, who are some of your yeah go ahead. sorry no i was gonna say who are some of your uh your teammates on that on your year that like on your team that year yeah Jason, one of the other seven targets yeah jason robertson who's uh on dallas right now had a four point night the other day uh jack Stanika, who's on boston He's on a line with Pasternak and bergeron no wow. bergeron and marshan to start the year um who else there um uh oh ivan lania he's he's injured this year but a really good player minnesota prospect um ben jones he's dropped the vegas um signed with them he's playing henderson this year 
Kirill Maximov played for Bakersfield in, in the A last year. Um, he is on well, quite a team. Yeah, and then Phil Tomasino uh, with my line mate. Um, he uh, first rounder to Nashville, playing on Team Canada this year, uh, playing in the A this year. He he'll be in the show soon. So, yeah. How fun was it to play with Phil Tomasino? Because I watched him in the World Juniors this year, and yeah. that guy is just a pure goal scorer to me. To in my opinion, anyways. Yeah, yeah, he's he's a really good player. Like he's really shifty. He's really fun to play with because like. Sometimes you don't even need to do much. You just got to, like, watch him do his thing and then just go back door or something. So it was awesome to play with him. I was going to have a follow-up question. Um, what is it like making, again, you know, transitioning from O to A and playing against some of your teammates? Is it kind of like a chuckle at the, the warm-up skate when you see them, just kind of catching up? What kind of goes through your mind? Uh, just seeing some good old buddies back there and – being able to play against them yeah it's not even like it's not even only teammates like if you see if you see another guy from the O, like you guys kind of just look at each other and like yeah it's good like um it's small world but yeah i've played against a couple teammates now and um it's definitely like i don't know if i would say comforting but it's definitely like better when you're playing against someone you know just because like a guy like ben jones i played with him for like three years in niagara i think yeah three and um so I kind of saw him when he was young and saw him develop and we won many games together. He's probably a good percentage of like my points and probably a good percentage of the points he got. So um, we kind of worked there to where we got there kind of together and then we're playing against each other. So um, it's, it's always awesome to play against teammates and kind of see guys you played with. Are you guys chirping each other all the time off the bench and as they're flying by, or is that just uh, 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 honestly we're younger guys in our team now, so our, our mouths are, are kind of shut, but <laughs> as we get older, maybe that'll change. So um let's rewind a bit. Let's talk about the world juniors. Um I'm sure that was one of your biggest hockey highlights. But um take us through the process, like from selection camp to going through the tournament, to when you eventually scored the game-winning goal, everything surrounding it, even after it, like the attention you got, um, what was that like and how was that experience like? Yeah, I mean, selection camp's hard. There's a lot of really good players. So, like, you're going there and, like, I don't know, like every player is, like, projected first-rounder or already a first-rounder, second-rounder. Like, you're kind of overwhelmed with – you know, the idea of, like, am I going to make this team? Like, there's so many good players here. And, um, you know, it's crazy to see, like, how how good of the players are like, who get cut from Team Canada. It, it's pretty crazy. So, it's definitely scary. Like, camp's not easy. It's not fun. Um, you got to kind of earn everything, obviously. And so, those games against U Sports are pretty hard. They're a really good team, actually. They're older, faster, stronger, and bigger. So, um, it wasn't easy to kind of show everything I, I had in those games. But, Obviously, I ended up making the team, and um, tournament was really fun. Like, just to be on that stage, um, it's awesome. I, I grew up watching the World Juniors every year, so that was literally my dream to be on the TV and for the guys to um, to talk about me. And it wasn't my dream for them to talk about how, like the two minutes I got that game, but uh, <laughs> it's still pretty pretty cool to know that I was like one of the guys out there and um, ended up kind of you know making it count when it you know when it uh was most important so 
Um, that whole experience was crazy. Um, just celebrating after the game was really fun, as you guys can imagine. And um, obviously, find home. And I was, you know, I was sleep deprived. I was so hungry. Finally got my um, baggage after like waiting an hour. And um, I kind of just come out the door, just excited to to go home with my GM, uh, Niagara, and then like 80 people, like <laughs> 10 cameras and like, and all my family and stuff were outside waiting for me with signs and stuff. So in a way it was kind of like, wow, I wasn't expecting to see everyone I have possibly met in my life right here. But um, at the same time, I was like, holy, like, this is the last thing I kind of want right now. Like, I'm so tired. I don't want to talk. Like, my phone's <laughs> blowing up. Like, sunglasses was, down? Sunglasses down? Yeah, like, if, if I could have escaped that, I, I would have. Because I remember, um, like, you know, people were asking me questions, like, with their uh, cameras and stuff. And I was just like, yeah, I'm really tired. Like, <laughs> so it was, it was crazy. Yeah, that's funny. I can I can imagine that would be a lot in the condition you were in at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably the um, goal. One more thing though about the goal. So you're coming down the ice. Like, what's going through your head? Like when you when you see that you have that lane in front of you. Nothing. Um, all that kind of happened like really fast. I I couldn't even tell you what like what went on that whole shift. I don't remember it at all. I don't even remember like celebrating after I just, I remember like having that feeling of like, holy shit. Like I don't even know what to do right now, but wow. all I really remember from that game is just like that, those last three minutes being the longest three minutes of my life, just kind of freaking out on the bench, just hoping they wouldn't score. And obviously they um, ended up taking like weird penalties and puck at the camera and they broke their stick and stuff like, it all just kind of happened in the right way. So that was like crazy to actually see it unfold in front of me. But like, I, I really don't remember what happened that shift. Obviously when I watch it, I know it's me, but like when I, when I watch it, I'm just like, is that really me? I don't really remember that. It's kinda... <laughs> That's insane. That was so saying that was pure instinct. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, I don't remember that at all. It was in the veins. It was in the veins. Yeah, I can I can say thank you on behalf of myself and all yeah. of Canada for that because I was watching <laughs> that from home and I went absolutely ballistic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just a follow up question and continue with the World Junior. What was it like to take the experience from the coaches and the training staff during that run, and how has it uh, helped you with your career now and moving forward? Yeah, well, I kind of like, I grew up being like the guy on every team, right? So. Uh, making that team and basically just having to watch team play for the majority of the games and uh, just kind of contributing when I could. It was tough. It wasn't easy. It was almost like it was probably the hardest month of my entire life, to be honest. Um, just wanting to be able to contribute and knowing like I had it in me, knowing I could be one of the top players on the team, um, knowing that, you know, getting that chance was out of my control to a certain extent. It was tough. Like, I just wanted to contribute and obviously wanted to win and we were doing that. So, I mean, it wasn't the end of the world, but it was definitely hard. Like um, it, it taught me a lot just to kind of, um, it humbled me for sure, but it, it just taught me that, you know, if you're ready and like your time will come and you're only make the best of it if you're ready. Right. So 
if I was kind of checked out and I was just on the bench, just maybe sitting in the middle of the bench, not seeing anything and just not cheering the guys on and not looking, you know, with my body language, looking like I was ready. Like my coach wouldn't have called on me. Right. Like I looked like I was ready to go. So that's why he Ramy decided to put a player out who hasn't played like pretty much all period out there. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Uh, so you finish the world juniors, you go to back, you go finish the season with Niagara. Um, I just wanted to know what it was like for the NHL draft and your kind of experience and was there anything special that you did with maybe family and friends that led up to the moment uh, before your name got called on? Yeah, I actually drove to the draft with my family in an RV. So okay, that's that nice. was a crazy experience. Uh, a lot of people in that RV. Um, it was it was really fun. Definitely something I won't ever forget. Um, the draft was a, another tough experience. I, I kind of, you know, was hoping to go first round and like never really heard anything of me going second round or slipping. Like I, like every ranking kind of had me first round. Everyone said I was going first round. So I was just happy to go first round and um, ended up, you know, slipping quite far in the second round. And um, it was difficult to deal with that first, just because, you know, I was so excited that whole year um, leading up to that one moment. And it just kind of um, slipped without any, um, I had no like, no, I, it, I didn't see it coming at all. So it just kind of, it kind of hit me pretty hard. But at the end of the day, like a second rounder is pretty, pretty good and um, driving to an unbelievable organization. And um, it definitely made me hungrier. Like just uh, my routine and everything I do um, today is just because you know, I'm hungry and I want to prove a lot of people wrong. So um, that's just kind of what, you know, I've been kind of trying to build off that experience. For sure. What's it like been uh, to play and be a part of the, you know, LA organization, LA Kings organization and Ontario Reign? And have you been able to speak to some of, uh, you know, alumni players or some mentorees to kind of get you uh, ready for that next role moving forward? Yeah, all, all the development staff are um, alumnus and um, they've all played the game. My assistant coach playing the Kings. Um, so I mean, there's a lot of like all the like we do like the development staff watch our practices every practice. They come to all of our games. We talk to them once a week, so it's very development based. And there's a lot of conversations. There's a lot of dialogue. So, like when a guy who's playing the league for 12 years and like won cups with the Kings tells you stuff, it definitely hits a little bit different. And when they tell you, you know, you're looking good and and all that, it definitely hits. You know different too and it makes you feel really good just because you know they're they're not bullshitting you they know their stuff and they're part of um you know the decisions made by the king so um it's definitely it's crazy obviously the circumstances suck right now with uh, everything that's going on but i'm very fortunate to you know be able to play games right now to be able to live here and to be with like the greatest people uh, in hockey so that's awesome so actually speaking on that, like how has this season kind of gone? Like, is it game break, game break? Like how are you fitting practices in? How's that kind of all played out? Uh, so we play about three um, games a week. Um, so sometimes more depends on the schedule, but like our games are, are pretty like, we'll play like Friday, like this week we play Friday, Saturday, Tuesday, and then we'll probably play like Friday, 
Sunday or Monday or something like that. So uh, there's a lot of games in actually this month. I think we have 18, 18 games or not 18 games. We have like, I think 15 games or 13 games. So it's a crazy month for games and it's going to be jam packed, but like, that's what we're here to do. Right. Here to play hockey. And it's fun. The practices are pretty hard. Uh, just life as a pro is tough because, you know, you, you go to the rink, you're not um, going to the rink because you pay, you know, $7,000 to play for the Pickering Panthers. Like you're going to the rink, you're going to work and the coaches expect a lot out of you. And um, so it's more of a business for sure. What's that like on the body? Like all the condensed games and practices? Yeah, it's definitely not easy, but you know, as a young guy, it's, um, it's pretty kind of hit me um, pretty early that I need to take care of myself. And um, if I want to be able to do this for the next you know, 12 to 15 years, I'm going to have to really take care of my body because I'm 21 and definitely not feeling like I'm 21. Yeah, no, I can only imagine because, I mean, I don't even play hockey at that high level. I just skate around every now and then and I get sore when I do that. So. But uh, so shifting gears here a little <laughs> shifting gears here a little bit i forgot my age for a second um, so we you mentioned your experience in niagara with your billet um the racism racist incident um any other experiences you've had maybe on the ice or in the dressing room with your teams also um the hda hockey diversity alliance uh what do you think about it and um what do you like they've done and where do you think they can build and improve um, first question, I guess there's been like a couple incidents, but uh, nothing too crazy. Like that was definitely the craziest one. Just little stuff. Like when I was younger, they just say something and I never really got offended, to be honest. I just kind of felt like I was playing well, right? Because if they, they're coming out of their way to say something like that, like I must be a sick guy or something. I don't know. Um, but um, good way to look at your, it. Your other um part of the question yeah the hda is um you know stuff is something that was kind of needed for sure after everything that's going to happen in the, the last you know year or so with america and hockey um there's been a couple of incidents with hockey so uh definitely something we kind of needed um like i'm not too educated on it so i wouldn't be able to tell you you know exactly what they do the best or where they need to improve to be honest with you um but for me, it's just something that I look at and it's just kind of a start of something good. Is it something you would be interested in joining in in the future if they approached you about it? Like maybe once you were established in the NHL or even now as an AHL player, just as a pro hockey player, a black pro Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, for sure, 100%. Um, if I can help in any way I can, I got 100% be down to. Awesome, good to hear. Well, it's nice to, uh, I can say this, it's nice to see um black players playing at a high level and excelling right mm -hmm. so. yeah i mean we're gonna start to see a lot more um in the next couple of years and uh, obviously the sport's changing so it's going to be a little bit more inclusive and a little bit more inviting uh for you know every minority kid doesn't really matter what color they are but yeah just yeah, a just a touch up and a follow-up question um how long do you think it would take or how long till you think you can see like an all black line in the NHL necessarily, you know, like, yeah. uh, 
you know, center, right wing, left wing, what, however you want. It doesn't have to be a full five, but how far are we away from seeing that, do you think, potentially, uh, with the way the game's growing and changing? Honestly, like, there's, there's already been um, a couple. They didn't last too long, but, like, the Edmonton Oilers, they had, like, five black eyes um, one mm-hmm. year. I was reading that, yeah, so yeah. There's been instances where there, there has been some. Um, that could easily happen on my team. I have four on my team this year. Um, okay. We just signed another one, so um, Devontae Smith-Pelly. So, um, oh, nice. That could easily happen. We're all forwards. Uh, that'd be pretty cool. But um, for, like, a legit line, like a Matthews Tavares and whoever plays them right now, Hyman maybe. Um, uh, I mean, I don't know. It, it just kind of depends. You know, every team is different and depends what type of players they are, right? Like, if, mm-hmm. if um, you know – one's like a fourth liner power forward with no skill is probably not going to play with you no know, two playmakers or maybe, maybe if that, if they play well together, maybe, but I, I understand your question. I would say like, you know, give it another, like maybe 10 years for that to happen. And for people to be like, how the hell did that happen? Like mm-hmm. maybe in 10 years, it'll just be like, well, there's more, you know, black eyes in the game. I'm surprised it just happened type of thing. Yeah, no. It's a good answer. Thank you. It definitely shocked the hockey world. Yeah. I'm, I'm ready to see that, actually. I kind of want it to happen sooner. <laughs> I yeah, want to see how people react. Think it, yeah. I think it would be great. I think just seeing the reaction uh, would be kind of like a, a win itself, right? Everyone's so think, used to being that way, so. I think the thing is, too, like, there's like there's stereotypes with like a lot of different things but in hockey like a a stereotype is like like black players are usually like the fourth line grinders Mm. like like they're typically not centermen they're typically not playmakers they're typically not goal scorers and they're usually just power forwards and grinders and fighters right so i think when someone breaks that barrier like quentin byfield then it's just like oh okay like black players can be centermen they can be playmakers because on a line you need kind of everything like that and so who knows maybe that that'll be the la kings one day with with me q and whoever else but um i mean i think just when that stereotype is kind of out of the game like i've been stereotyped with that before too and like i'm nothing like a grinder fighter like that's not my game at all if anyone's seen me play they they know um it's not and that actually happened to me at a team canada event so um that should speak volumes to how stereotyped um you know black hockey players are so once that is kind of normalized that you know black players can be any type of player they want to be then you know maybe it'll be more the chances will book on it become higher that's uh that's interesting and a really good point because i'm just thinking in my head a couple of my buddies who uh you would have thought they probably shouldn't have been labeled as maybe a fighter or enforcer but that was the role they were given and i i didn't have insight on that so that's interesting to know mm-hmm. i think that was very well said to quote uh, our last episode <laughs> well <laughs> yeah. said yeah um but yeah so i think that uh, boys do we have any other questions before we kind of wrap this one up uh i think i think i have one We've I, we heard some of your personal projects uh, and things like that. I think we I know you have a apparel, uh, you know, company coming out or it's already out. How did it get started? How's it going? And 
Uh, do you have any other ventures, business ventures out there that you enjoy uh, doing right now in your off time? Yeah. Um, when I was actually at UCC, I started like a t-shirt hockey or a hockey t-shirt um, thing where I was selling them to my buddies at school, my buddies who I played hockey with. And um, I did that basically so I wouldn't have to ask my mom for TTC money, if I'm being honest. <laughs> um, and so I was able to purchase, you know, a couple tickets on my own and um, I the hustle. I, yeah then I just kind of quickly liked the idea of being an entrepreneur and trying to be a little bit more independent right because you know I saw my mom um, not struggling but you know things were tight at home always you know it wasn't um, it was a you know a value menu type of thing at McDonald's when we yeah, went no, no um, it wasn't full meals it wasn't you know large fries um, so <laughs> Um, it was a grind for sure and I just wanted to contribute like to my family as much as I could and contributing to myself was you know the the most I could do because hockey and UCC um, tuition is not expensive or not um, cheap right like I was definitely um, the most um, spent on kid in my family by far right so I kind of felt bad about it in a way and I wanted to be independent so that's what I did uh and it just kind of snowballed from there and i got away from the hockey thing and um just it's it's going really well right now it's obviously called zale apparel and i'm having a lot of fun doing that stuff so um not stopping anytime soon and uh see i I actually have my pod i have a podcast myself called so on nice podcast and oh nice that's been going pretty well we're under the nhl um already which is you know humongous so that's been fun and um anyone who knows me knows i'm always dipping my toes into something new and so i'm involved in a couple different type of things and just like to keep myself busy that's awesome Awesome. i like that i like that kind of mentality always looking for the next next kind of move next kind of avenue to like improve or better yourself kind of thing well yeah and i just think you know with there's just so much opportunity out there um that I always want to take a chance on something at least and see if it's something I like and everything like that. So must make you feel good also to uh, be able to put some money back in your mom's pocket after signing the contract. Yeah. Um, I think like my favorite thing about that was just being able to take my siblings to the mall and, and get them the things that they're, they've been asking my mom for, for the last two years. My mom's just like, yeah, next week, next week, next week. Right. So that's, that's definitely uh, my favorite part about it for sure. That's I know those next week talks, yeah. those next, those next week talks always hit the hardest. Cause you know, as you grow older, you kind of, you understand, well, next week's going to be next month. Yeah, and like, so that I yeah. finally understand now. When yeah. My, yeah. Yeah. I, I get it. Having nephews and nieces and siblings yeah. as well. Like you just kind of, you know that like, okay, well now it's time to, to make a difference. So that's awesome. Yeah. That's really cool. All right. um, where can they find the podcast, by the way? Uh, it's on um, Apple Podcasts. It's so all nice, the podcast. Uh, we have a bunch of episodes now. Um, it's been pretty fun. Um, we've had a lot of like pretty high profile guests like um, Paul Bizonet, um We've had uh, Mark Frazier. Um, we've had like Brian Burke. Um, oh, nice. Bob McKenzie. Um, Damn, he's pulling out title weights. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
JT Brown. There's been a lot of guys, so it's been it's been really fun. That's awesome. Um, Grant, good, good for you guys. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, been awesome. All right. All right. Well, I mean, any other questions, boys, or does that about wrap it up here? No, I think uh, I, I'm I'm just happy that you you were able to come on and and talk with us and share your experience and answer some of the questions that we have. So uh, I, I'm just thankful. So I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, no problem at all. Anytime. Thanks again to Akil for Akil for joining us. Um, follow him up on his socials. Akil, you want to plug in your socials? Yeah, uh, Instagram. I'm Akil Thomas forty four. Um, my Zale Instagram is uh, Zale Apparel. Um, and so all nice the podcast on Insta. So yeah, so there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for tuning in. Appreciate the following all nine weeks. Um, we look forward to seeing you guys next season. We're going to take about a two to three week break, and then uh, we'll be back with some more good content. Take it easy, guys. Peace.